getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. This is Adam. I am joined today by Iowa running back, former Iowa running back, Tavian Banks. Tavian, how's it going today? It's going great, man. Hey, it's an honor to have you. Um, You want to tell everybody a little bit right now um, what one of our favorite all-time Iowa running backs is up to right now, where you're living, what you're doing for work? I live in the Des Moines area. Um, been here, gosh, now what four years somewhere. Um, uh, I am a executive director over at the uh, John R. Grubb YMCA um, in in Des Moines um, area. So that's what okay. I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Is that the YMCA that's located downtown? Uh, there's well, we're a little bit off downtown. So the Wellmark is the one that's downtown, downtown. Okay. Um, uh, Grub is, is is a little bit. Yeah, it's you know you could say it's downtown, but a little bit on the other street of downtown. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what is we always start from the beginning. I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about your recruiting process coming out of Bentendorf High School. Um, mm-hmm. What schools were really after you, and um, you know what what schools were you considering, and what made you end up deciding to become a Hawkeye? Yeah. Um, so I, I pretty much could go back then anywhere in the country, um, got letters from every, you know, any, any type of prominent football program, um, you could think of, I was getting letters and recruited from, um, I also got uh, a lot of letters of, uh, if people don't know, I was a, a pretty good uh, soccer player also, uh, back in the day. So I was getting heavily recruited to play soccer at the same time. Um, I did get basketball letters too. Um, but you know, people don't remember that I actually played basketball too, but <laughs> actually did. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, but pretty much anywhere in the country, I, I, I could pretty much go to, um, I happened to choose, uh, uh, schools, um, back then too, you know, you could do, I, I don't know what they do now, but, uh, you can only do five, five official yeah. visits. Um, yeah, that, that it's the same be, now. Okay. It might be the same norm now, but, um, um, uh, five official visits and I chose, uh, university of Washington, I chose Iowa, I chose Nebraska, and I chose Miami. 
and I chose uh, South Carolina, I believe it was, um, okay. uh, to do my visits. I only did four visits, um, you know, at that time, too. Um, a lot of people, I don't know if they know, but you, you go during like the season. So you go during basketball season to these visits. Um, so I was missing, you know, the games and stuff, you know, it's just senior year, you're trying to play all that type of stuff too. Uh, even though I was, I was going, you know, for football and things like that, you still want to help your team and all those types of things. So, um, uh, and I chose those schools just, you know, back then again, uh, Washington was prominent, you know, like a number one, you know, the top five school, uh, same with university of Miami, same with Nebraska, Iowa was my home state, um, you know, uh, South Carolina, I was actually going uh, for soccer and um, uh, football visit. So uh, that's that's how I chose them. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you say no to like a school like, you know, you go down to Miami, you got the beaches, you got the weather, and then you got the <laughs> University of Washington. Seattle's one of the coolest cities in the country. You yeah. must have had that black and gold running through your blood to be able to turn that down. No, I mean, like, uh, again, like people that know me, I was never an Iowa fan growing up. Uh, I was a big uh, Notre Dame fan. Um, okay. And then, you know, like, uh, again, I'm from the Midwest and from Iowa, Bettendorf. Um, so, like, Miami trip, that was the first time I ever been on a plane. Uh, again, like, Miami is the first time I've seen, like, the ocean and, you know, a Lamborghini and, and, and you know, like, in, in real time. <laughs> All that type of stuff is kind of like it was foreign to me. It's all the stuff you saw like in the movies, yeah. you know? Um, so it was, it was fast paced. I used to think like, there's no chance I would ever go to school you know, like class or whatever case if I went to Miami. Um, so that's why I ended up not going there, but uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> Washington, Washington was kind of like my top choice back then. It was, I mean, it was just pretty and the mountains and uh, I just loved it there. Um, but, um, at that same time, uh, back then, uh, Washington was kind of like an investigation. I think they went on probation that next year. Uh, so we're talking like 93 or 94, they went on probation. So that was kind of like um, a deterrent just a little bit from Washington. Um, you know, uh, Nebraska, uh, not against Nebraska or anything, but I, I believe like Nebraska is kind of like next to a cornfield. Uh, like so, <laughs> like the stadium was or whatever case. So, um, I just ended up not not choosing uh, Nebraska. Um, I happened to choose Iowa. Uh, back then, um, you could go like Iowa was one of the only schools that you could go to school in the summertime. Um, you know, like nowadays, kids graduate early and go and leave and and get there. Um, but I happened to have surgery my senior year. Um, uh, on my shoulder. So I was going to be redshirting anywhere, anywhere I went. Uh, but at Iowa, I could go to school early um, that summer. I could just start rehab and all this type of thing. So that's, that's a major reason why I chose Iowa too at that time. And hopefully part of the reason too is that you're going to get the chance to play for legendary head coach Hayden Fry. Uh, can you tell us what it was like to play for that guy? Because, you know, everything we've always seen from him over the years, he is an eccentric, you know, outgoing and just interesting individual. And that had to have been quite the experience playing for him. Yeah, I, like Hayden was great, like storyteller, um, had great stories. Obviously, a lot of coaches are just in people in general that, that have done that that type of profession for a long time. You 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 run across a lot of great scenarios and situations and talking points and just 
he had a great, always great stories to tell about like just coaching and players and, 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 uh, uh, and staff and things like that. So he's always like a joke teller, always had, you know, positive vibe. And, and it was just always great to be around and, and hear those things happen all the time from him. Uh, during your time there, um, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, they introduced the uh, banana peel jerseys like the ones I have behind me. And that really was before its time. Kind of shocked the world uh, right. back then. Very innovative, uh, made by Apex. Can you uh, tell everybody what the reaction was like as a player when they show you these things and you're like, what in the hell is that? Like that is a, such a way, like we said, a way before it's time type of Jersey. Did they do any sort of like unveiling like they do now? Or were they just like hanging in your lockers? How did that go? Um, well, I mean, like, again, like we, we are, always say like we we were before you know Oregon was doing it and all these schools that do it nowadays you know like I I feel like Iowa was a trendsetter way back then doing this doing this stuff um it was you know a sediment you know it was 50 50 probably from the players because again that that was the first inkling of of that type of stuff happening you know some players loved it other players were just like all the tradition, you know, like, the, and again, they're like wings or supposed to be wings, I believe, or something. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I thought it was cool, you know, uh, just to have different uniforms um, in that in that uh, time frame is just, you know, I thought it was an awesome thing to do. Yeah, they're seriously probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite jersey of all time. Uh, yeah. It definitely was um, something now that would be used more as an alternate because it's so flashy. And, yes. you know, Iowa is very much of a traditional – you know, the, the old school Steelers look. So, but yeah. I, they're, they're very nostalgic and I just, I love looking at them. Oh yeah. Yep. They're awesome. I want to know about 1997, your game yeah. against Tulsa. Uh, you yeah. ran for over 300 yards against them. You, you shredded that golden hurricane, just tore them up. Can you yeah. tell us about how that happened? Was that like the, the, you know, football equivalent to being in the zone? Was the offensive line just, opening up some gaping holes for you or were you just on your game that day and shredding them up no i mean like in, in football you can't really do anything like alone uh obviously because it's more of a t- it, it takes all you know players or offense players or whatever it is whatever uh, position you're at to uh collaborate and and you know i I had to have blocking for offensive line and, and tight end and receivers downfield in order for me to run like like that um like on that day um or you know like any 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 day especially for a running back um there's just just so much a little that you can do on your own um so it's definitely a, a very you know like team oriented and and that's how i got you know like especially that day a lot of those a lot of those yards all right that was uh anybody that hasn't seen the highlights from that it's a, it's a pretty interesting game. You, you shredded those guys up. Um, back in 97, uh, your name was consistently mentioned too with Tim Dwight a lot in the Heisman race. Do you feel like with both of you guys being on the same team, um, being pretty much skill position players that that was a negative effect? And, uh, what was it like having your name mentioned, uh, among all the greats of the game? 
Um, I mean, for, for me, you know, like uh, people within Iowa um, are, are the university, our team, they knew what I what I was capable of. Um, and, you know, pretty much people in the Big Ten that have seen me play, you know, all the previous years, you know, behind Cedric Shaw and stuff. So it wasn't a shock or anything like that. The people that, that know, you know, my, my capability or, you know, people from Bettendorf or, you know, the Quad Cities and stuff like that. So it wasn't wasn't anything shocking to them, um, you know, and at the beginning of the season, you know, like Tim was doing well, you know, like previously and, and up for the Heisman and things like that. So they're, they were kind of like pushing, you know, I would say like the university or Iowa, they were pushing Tim's narrative, I would say for the Heisman trophy at the beginning of the season. And then, um, you know, like I just came out like game busters there uh, at the beginning. And then, you know, they, they you know, basically just couldn't deny <laughs> my, uh, um, you know, like playing ability or whatever the case, uh, and able to get, you know, um, votes or whatever the case may be, um, going forward for that season. Um, but you know, it, it's always tough, you know, like, again, like when you have two, uh, players, and especially, you know, for us, me and Tim uh, from Iowa also on top of it, um, it's just great. You know, um, I don't, I don't think it's been, you know, ever done like that or whatever the case before. Um, but, you know, like it, it was just great to be a part of um, me and Tim are still great friends this day. Um, you know, just two kids from Iowa just, just you know, like did great thing and, and we're there at the university, too. All right. So I, I want to know back then when you guys are both at Iowa and today, uh, more specifically today, if you guys were to line up and do a 40 yard dash, who would win between you and old Timmy Dwight? <laughs> well, Tim, Tim's in way better shape than I am. I'll, I'll say he's, he's still like he's probably like under his playing weight. I'm I'm, I'm terrible over my playing weight right now. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll definitely put my money on Tim right now. So, uh, but wow. we're, we're both like battered and bruised. I got two terrible knees and an ankle I'm dealing with. You know, it's getting uh getting uh harder to get out of you know like bed in, in a certain you know. <laughs> time frame it's it, you know like those types of, it's, it's aching you know uh can't walk around like it used to anymore so you know like I'm, I'm starting to work on you know like those aspects and pt and things like that okay. nowadays like going forward uh i know tim deals with some issues still like to this day um he's, he's got some you know like a hip bad hip and you know just just aches and pains um going going forward so it definitely you know, all those years and things like that, playing stuff definitely took a toll. So <laughs> we're definitely playing uh, it now in our, in our older age. It's sure. hell getting old, isn't it? Ah, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you feel something new every day. It's just like, yeah, man, as soon as you're yeah. out of the woods on something, then all of a sudden a new problem creeps around and you're like, yeah. I just got better from this. And now I got something right. else going on. Absolutely. I, have to. Oh. I, I just, I keep shaking my head on it. Um, I talked to you about this uh, real briefly earlier. Um, do you remember any funny or interesting locker room practice stories that the average fan wouldn't have been, uh, you know, privy to and a- able to see? Where you just kind of look back and you're like, okay, this is not normal. This is insane. Anything <laughs> like that that kind of comes to mind? Well, there's, uh, you know, there's probably ninety eight percent that I cannot share, like on <laughs> camera. <laughs> that happened um you can share it with us <laughs> that's the the beauty of like sports and camaraderie and and being on a team um that's that's if you talk to anybody former players or anything like that that's been part of or something for a while um that's that that's what you mostly miss you miss 
you know, like the bus rides or the or the airplane or just the stuff that happens in the locker room all the time. Um, but I mean, it's literally like a daily thing, you know, that that happens. Uh, somebody said this or, you know, this happened in practice, then it carried over to the locker room. I mean, there's just just a ton of stories and things like that that happen all all the time, you know. So, I, I mean, there's no way I could, I mean, that, that, gosh, how long that, you know, all the years that I played and everything like that. There's a million stories. There's a million things that have happened. Um, <laughs> and again, 98% I can't share because it's probably not appropriate to, <laughs> to do so. Hey, this is a, this is an unrated broadcast. We don't have any FCC guidelines or anything like that. So if you wanted, you could tell us anything. We're not going to force you. But I, from what it sounds like, I mean, you might need to write a book or something like that to share some of these stories because they sound pretty great. Oh, man, I'm telling you, like me and my, my buddies, we, we talk about that stuff all the time. I'm telling you, if we if we were to write a tell-all book of, of experience from just, I mean, like even our college college days, I mean, it would be a number one bestseller, I'm telling you. Uh, I mean, just off the field to, you know, playing to classroom to, I mean, just it un, un, the untold stories that people don't have no idea that happened. Or happens. <laughs> if you ever decide that you want to, sell it. if you ever decide you want to tell any of these, you got my contact information. So we're going to have you back on. If you're like, okay, I could probably tell this one. I wouldn't get in any trouble or get in any, any trouble. You let me know. Cause we'd love to hear them. They, they sound like they're pretty good. Um, I, I, I want to know a little bit about your uh, process going into the NFL draft uh, going into, I believe it was, they were an expansion franchise at that time, just in their infancy the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, a fourth round pick. Can you uh, let everybody know what was it like going through the draft process and eventually finding out that uh, you were getting picked up by a team? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, for you guys, it was kind of tough for me. Um, you know, like I was supposed to be a number one, uh, a first round like draft pick and stuff. So I, I sat around all day. You know, back then, you know, there was a uh, two, two, you know, like two days of the draft. So the first whatever first three rounds were on Saturday, and then the next whatever rounds, uh, well four through seven were on Sunday. So I literally sat around all day on Saturday waiting to get drafted and things. So it was terrible, terrible experience for that. But, <laughs> um, um. But it's just, you know, like I uh, always wanted the opportunity to just be able to play, you know, like an NFL. Did, yeah, yeah, you would hope that, you know, like I went higher and things like that. But I always felt like if, if you get the opportunity, then you're, you're going to be able to do what you do. Um, I always just knew, you know, like once I got there, I'll, I'll just be able to they wouldn't be able to den- deny me anything or deny my talent or my playing ability. So. That's all you can just hope for. And then every, everything else will just work itself out. You know, um, unfortunately for myself, you know, I had a career ending injury. So I didn't have, you know, like the NFL career that I was hoping that I was going to be having. But, you know, it, it, uh, sometimes it's just in, in other players' cards or it just wasn't in mind for that. Yeah. Well, one thing I thought was interesting, too, is later on, um, you ended up being, I believe it was uh, assistant running backs coach at Louisville under Bobby Petrino. Um, tell me about that experience. And then with Bobby kind of taking off and going to the NFL, um, 
getting himself into a little bit of trouble. What what, what was it like coaching under uh, Coach Petrino? And then um, why, how come you didn't stick with coaching? Because it looked like at that point you were going to be working your way into the college coaching profession. Yeah, um, you know, I again, like I knew Coach Petrino way before he was big time, you know, like college coach. Uh, he was quarterback coach in Jacksonville uh, okay. when I was there, uh, drafted and stuff like that. So I knew him way before that. Um, but, you know, like, uh, I, I mean, to be honest with you, it just um, um, it left a bad taste in my mouth what happened when I was at Louisville, um, meaning Coach Petrino left literally in a cloud of smoke just you know left the program went to the nfl um you know at that time we literally were i mean we're really good at louisville um like the next year we're supposed to be even better um you know coach petrino we had a meeting uh literally like let's you know we're gonna win national championship next year uh we had a lot of players coming back you know all all those type of things were happening um we literally uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I had a meeting before, I think it was, uh, uh, the coaches convention, um, where coach Petrino was, was telling everybody this and go down and represent, you know, university of Louisville at the coach convention, you know, great stuff like that. But literally a lot of guys, we found out on the plane as we got off that coach Petrino accepted, you know, or was leaving and was going to Atlanta. <laughs> So we had guys uh, get on the plane, like coaching staff and stuff, get on the plane and fly back to Louisville and not even attend uh, the coaches convention because uh, they just found that out. So and uh, a lot of people don't probably don't know, but you don't know if you have a job. You don't know if uh, Coach Patron is trying to take you with him. You know, any of that stuff happens. So it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Um Again, with coaching, you just never know. Um, I, I didn't want to be like in Wyoming for a year and then, you know, New Mexico State for three years and then, uh, you know, Florida for one year. So it's just, you know, uh, uh, some people is fine and stuff, but, you know, with family and things like that, you just, you know, it, it's tough. And, and not, nothing against it. It's a great profession and things like that. But it's just, you know, sometimes it's just not for everybody. What were your thoughts when the things went down um, when, you know, it, it seems like he's got a track record of when he leaves somewhere, he just packs his bags overnight and just bails. Um, <laughs> when he went to Ark, he went to the Falcons and he just left notes in the players lockers like, Hey, peace. I'm out. Like, you know, like I see you later. And the players are like, what the hell? Like he left during the season. Like they weren't even done yet. And took the job at Arkansas and then I can't remember was was it after like his first season he'd gotten that motorcycle accident with um the secretary that he had been having extra marital affairs with uh what was your thought process knowing the guy and having coached with him when all that stuff transpired uh I mean again coach Petrino is a great great offensive mind um you can't take that away from him in in coaching um, he got his players to play and things like that too. So, if, you know, don't don't take away his his genius of being a football coach and everything like that. Uh, some of these guys, um, you know, like they, they get uh, a, a very big eagles, and you know, like they're they're the biggest deal in in town. Um, a lot of times, and a lot of times in the state. Um, so a lot of these guys, you know, like they they think that you know sometimes they they get too big of ego they think they walk on water and they don't realize until like it, it stuff happens that it's not the case 
because um, uh, a lot of them, they sit up on that pedestal for a very long time um, and they forget that, you know, like what, you know, what they're supposed to be doing all the time and, and how they got there um, until they get knocked off a little bit, you know. <laughs> so That's a good point. It does happen. It's just, you know, sometimes it's just society and, you know, uh, guys, you know, they learn from it, hopefully, and then uh, make them better in the end. One thing I was surprised about was um, with the way that he left and Louisville brought him back again. And I thought at that point, okay, this guy knows how to win at Louisville. Um, He's going to turn it back around again and get it going. And he just was never able to recapture that same magic there and get things going. So I I was surprised by that. I did not expect um, him to not succeed the second, the second time around there. Um, What do you, from your outside perspective and your expertise, um, do you have any sort of opinion why he wasn't able to recapture that magic the second time around at Louisville? Yep. Um, so it it was going in and out a little bit, but you're uh, asking about Coach Petrino the second time around, um, why he probably wasn't successful um, as yes, he was correct. the first time around. So like, yep. So the second time again, like um, he, you know, pretty much like burned a lot of bridges with the stuff that happened, meaning like he left Louisville. You know, he left um, um, uh, the NFL the way he did, uh, whatever happened to him, you know, in Arkansas. So people and kids and families and stuff, they're looking around at that type of stuff. And then, you know, if you, if you go to Louisville, you know, like there's no telling what, what he might do. Like he, he, could, he could be telling you that, yes, I'll be here your whole, whole four years if you're a recruit or something like that. But his track record shows that um, he, might, he might do something else. So that's mm-hmm. going to deter a lot of families, going to deter a lot of recruits uh, from coming to, you know, play for him in a sense. Uh, that's a really and great I mean, that, point. That pretty much goes for, a, that goes to, a, you know, that pretty much goes for a lot of coaches that, that are similar, like to what uh, Coach Petrino, you know, has, has done. Yeah. And, you know, if we want, we want to look over to the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, we have the picture of stability in Coach Ferentz. Um, who's been the coach 20 plus years at the University of Iowa and really built, you know, the picture of stability for a football program, which is great because, you know, these kids are coming in as a high school recruit. They know coach is going to be there. They know that, you know what, if we have a slip up and have a bad year, the school's not going to turn on him. You know, they're going to stick with him and stay consistent. And coach has enough character that, you know, if he's going to deciding he's going to leave, he's the type of person he's going to lay that groundwork and take care of the people that are that are there that have done a lot for him Uh, how connected are you to um the current program and coach ferentz or anyone there do you ever make it back for games or any sort of like honorary team captain in your future yeah um it's probably been like uh because i was back living in illinois at that time um so it's probably been like eight years now already i'm getting old uh, to where I was honorary captain uh, while, you know, I think it was eight years ago uh, now already. And yes, Coach Ferentz is still coaching, right? Um, <laughs> but I, I don't uh, I don't get back too often. You know, I got uh, kids and family and stuff like that. It's hard to, uh, 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 I don't know, like justify getting away. Um, um, kids got activities and things like that going on. So I, I really haven't been, I haven't been back since I've been here back in Iowa and things like that. Um, but, you know, I do watch them on TV. You know, I'm a, I'm a proud 
alumni, I'd say. Um, <laughs> so uh, definitely, you know, like still rooting for them and hope hope they always do well. You know. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about your family, personal life, what you got going on right now? I know you said, you know, you have kids. You're an executive director for the YMCA there in Des Moines. Um, how's life going for Tavian Banks right now? That's good. You know, like you can't complain, y'all. You know, I'm above ground, um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, being able to, uh, you know, pay my bills and, and have a life, um, a good life here in, in Iowa. Um you know, like there's a lot of other people that are hurting way, way more than I would ever, you know, dream of and stuff like that. So there's no, no complaints on, you know, what I'm doing or anything like that at all. You know, I'm very uh, fortunate. I'm very fortunate to to have um, the life that I do. I'm very fortunate that I was, I was able to play a professional sport. Um, very fortunate to, to be able to um, have a, a scholarship to go to the University of Iowa. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm very, you know, it's been been a good life. Um, for me, you know, like in my, my, you know, one of my 47 now. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have too many, too many complaints, uh, to, to, to gripe about. Hey, it's a two way street. We were pretty fortunate to have you and be able to watch you play for, for those years. It was, a it was an awesome experience. And, um, we just, you know, can't thank you enough for, all the great years and all, all the contributions that you've given to um, Iowa Hawkeye football and um, just get, being able to see you now and see, you know, how happy and healthy you are and how, how well you're doing is pretty great. And I'm, I'm sure Hawkeye fans are going to be really excited to see that. So um, just wanted to thank you for taking time to come on Nebraska Hawks nest and, you know, catch us up on how one of the best running backs in Iowa football history is doing right now. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. You got to change the name. Maybe you should say like Hawks uh, in that other school. Oh, in that other state. <laughs> See, that's what we do here. That's what we do here. Like some of us are involuntarily have to live here. And so what we're doing is we're spreading the black and gold gospel and converting fans and connecting existing fans to know that, you know, there we're, we're building a Hawkeye oasis in a Nebraska desert. So, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, you know coach does well over there. Um, you know uh, Scott Frost. You know he's a phenomenal coach. I, I don't know you know like why you know why it's not happening for him as soon as you know it should be for him. But you know he's a phenomenal coach, and you know I hope he I hope he does well over there though. Yeah, he's he's a great coach. I don't think they could have hired somebody better. And you know, being patient as a college football fan, those two things don't really go together. Patience and college football, but. I, you know, if you, if you can win there, I think he's going to be the guy. He's a, he's a great coach and, you know, hopefully he can, he can bring them back up and just not good enough to beat the Hawkeyes. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. All right, Tavian. Well, thank you so much for taking time to uh, catch up with us and uh, finding out what's going on with you. And we, we always end up with the go Hawks. All right, go Hawks. All right. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend. Thank you too. Thanks for having me. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.